You're listening to episode two of ATA with Danny and Ray, and it's literally been months. Okay, y'all, uh, funny story before we dive in here. We originally recorded this like forever ago, like I think back in like uh, August, September, something like that. And I didn't realize that the microphone I was using wasn't working. And so I literally had to redub everything I said for this podcast episode. So please appreciate all of the work that went into this. (laughs) And also, we mispronounce so many terms in this. So if you are a a true anime fan, I apologize. We are amateurs and we know this, but we enjoy it and we enjoy talking about it. So if you cringe, so do we. That's all I have to say. Okay, thanks. Bye. Welcome to another episode, the first review of ATA with Danny and Ray. I'm Ray, or Rachel. And I'm Daniel, or Danny. And today we will be reviewing... Daniel, why don't you try and say the Japanese name? And uh, just a disclaimer, neither of us speak Japanese in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, back to you, Daniel. Well, I have to look up the name of it real quick because... Uh, I want to make sure I pronounce it. Ah, Hatsurubi Nomori. There we go. Hatsurubi Nomori. Nice. So, uh, admittedly, it is very late at night when we are recording this. Um, probably not the greatest decision on our part. Uh, it's like 12.08 a.m. So, Daniel, I don't know about you, but, uh, my goal in this is to be wrapped up and all done by 1 a.m. Think we can do that? Oh, I was hoping we'd be through our view before then. I think we'll be more concise than you think. That sounds great. I am all for that. Let's dive right on in. Uh, Let me pull this up here. Uh, The English title of this film is To the Forest of Firefly Lights. And the logline is as follows. Uh, Before I do this, though, Daniel, can you be my human soundtrack for a second? Oh, no. Um, um... Okay, thanks. Hotaru is rescued by a spirit when she gets lost in a forest as a child. The two become friends, despite the spirit revealing that he will disappear if he is ever touched by a human. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful, Daniel. Thank you so much. Uh, (laughs) But uh, do you mind, Daniel, for the audience's sake, could you kind of summarize this film in your own words for us? I was just going to say that that here's a cool thing about this interview review interview review is that I just watched this for the first time today before recording this. And Rachel has spent much more time thinking about this, watching this and writing basically her own review already on this. So we have two different perspectives. I think I'm someone who's just coming out of watching it and now she's had a lot more time to think about it. So my basic understanding, and I think I missed a lot to be honest I still got a lot, but I think I missed a lot, is that essentially a girl who goes and visits her uncle in the summer finds that the forests around her uncle's dwelling place are kind of, in a sense, uh, a home or a haunting, a haunted place with spirits. And so she goes out into the woods and uh, her first time out there, she gets lost. And it's really only ever the spirit, I think to my understanding, who can actually help her. The one spirit she does meet. Who ends up being a, a a a ghost boy more than a spirit, which we'll talk about that more. But essentially, she meets a 
to her knowledge, a spirit out there who helps her for the very first time get home. But after that, she finds to uh, herself enjoying his company, and so she goes and visits him every summer um, when she goes to her uncle's. Did I get that right? That's the basic, the basic beginning of the story. Job well done, Daniel. That was a beautiful summary. Uh, <laughs> if I could summarize the entire thing into two words, uh, it would be no touchy. <laughs> <laughs> all right here are a couple of facts about this film it is a short film since it is only 40 minutes long it was released in the year 2011 and it is of the shoujo genre genre and if you don't know what that means a shoujo is intended more for a female audience they typically tend to focus on relationships and romance Um, which in comparison to a shonen genre, which is typically made for guys, it has lots of action and craziness and whatnot. This was created by the studio Brains Base. What were some of the shows they made, just out of curiosity that you can think of? And uh, I have a list of a bunch of titles they've made, and I personally don't recognize many of them, but that's not saying much because I, in many ways, I am still a noob to anime. I'm actually on the same list as you. They've actually done a couple of really big hits. Yeah, I mean, just based on this short film alone, they clearly make good stuff. So that's the basic rundown of the show, or the film, that is. Something really interesting that had to do with its debut is that it, I don't know if it was the actual original debut or whether it was a debut it had at a specific event, But in 2011, that year, it was postponed due to the earthquake that happened that year. Huh. So there was a bit of tragedy and drama involving its release. So, yeah. Uh, Daniel, I do have a really important question for you, though. If someone was to walk up to you and ask you about To the Forest of the Firefly Light, would you or would you not recommend it to them? Uh, this movie in particular, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but if they were like someone who watched and enjoyed anime, I would would recommend it, um, because it's a really easy watch and it's good. I think it's good. Overall, it's good. I have nothing like openly, clearly negative to say about it, if that makes sense. But I also think you have to kind of like anime to, to watch it, um... If that makes sense. Because there's some clear anime-style humor in it that I don't think everyone always enjoys. Um, I'm trying to give a good answer here. Yes, I'd recommend it. But I think it, I think it, I think it's good for the anime world, if that makes sense. I think so. Uh, we'll have to talk more about that later in detail, because I'm not sure if I totally agree with you on that. For me, it's a definite yes. This short film is a personal favorite of mine. I absolutely love it. And actually, I think I would recommend it to people who are not accustomed to anime because I think it's a really good intro to the world of anime. It's not too long, not too short. Yeah. It's also not too weird, if that makes sense. I do agree with that. So, if someone came up to me and was like, hey, I'd like to try out some anime, this is one that I would probably recommend, um, first thing. 
Yeah. Okay. Y'all, you're being warned now. Spoilers are coming. They are coming. So get out of here. Be gone. If you do not want to be spoiled, if you don't want to know what actually happened in the short film, get out of here. Okay, it's time to get into the nitty gritty. Uh, Daniel, do you want to talk about like pros or cons or what we loved or what we hated first? What do you think? Um, well, we can talk about, oh, uh, we can always talk about things we like first. I think it's fine. We have to talk about negative right away. So what did you love about it? Well, I'm always a sucker for sad endings because I think they're more real, in my opinion. Not that I always want things to always be sad, but <clears throat> yeah, we've gotten so much of the classic Disney, everything works out in the end kind of story that it it almost lacks the reality of, of loss. And so I think this story did a good job of just, I don't know, giving you something that you didn't want, but found out later that you did want and just the reality of, you know, loss. And so I think it did a good job of communicating that. It also did a good job of communicating, I think, relationship and friendship and commitment i think it was good there is that those on the on the outset those are like big meta narrative things that i liked about the movie smaller like things um smaller things that i liked art style i think was great it's it's the kind of art style that i like i don't want to take everything from you no no you're good yeah the artwork was stunning the backgrounds were so beautiful and realistic and um, I definitely am a bigger fan of this style of anime art versus others. Uh, however, there was one thing that really bothered me. Maybe it was just me, but I hated, I, that's a strong word, but like I did not think Hotaru looked attractive when she looked forward at all. I didn't even notice it. It looked like she just had like a square face. It just a, I don't know. It just looked weird. Maybe it's maybe it's because I've watched Erased and the, the mom in Erased is the weirdest person to look at in anime. <laughs> so compared to her, anything else looks better. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to Erased, but the mom in Erased who dies in the beginning, I just, something about her face, I still cannot adapt to every time I watch that. So you're like, eh, it's not the mom in Erased, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'm an uncultured swine. I don't know. Because seriously, it. this was in my notes that I took. The scenery is gorgeous, and the characters really do look great. It's only when Hotaru looks forward that I'm just like, ah. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I, I will stop talking about this. <laughs> what did you think of the story? Did it pull you in, or were you like, meh, it's okay? Uh, oh, boy. Mixed thoughts on that one. So... I liked, okay, I liked the story. I think I, so maybe I'll start with the things that I liked. The concept was cool. The concept, while it was the same as many other movies, that idea of um, a character going off to an unknown land and finding something super unique in a forest, that's actually a very classic 
um, fairy tale style, and it's not bad that people go off of that. It's a very classic thing to do. It's it's very much like Enchanted Forest is huge in the literary world, not even in the past hundred years, but like in the past thousand years. That's huge in the literary world to do that, to have a story posed in such a way. Um, that's where all tales come from is going off into a forest. So I actually like that. Um, I think they I think they did a really cool thing. Um, with the story where she falls in love with someone that she can't physically touch because he'll disappear, he'll vanish, right? And that's one of the catches of the story we haven't mentioned yet is that this spirit boy, young man that she meets in the forest, she can't touch because he's been given a spell where if he gets touched by a human, he, he'll vanish forever. Um, and so, but she ends up falling in love with him and I think it's one of the neat things is that story's kind of neat because they end up spending time together that involves no physicality. It's just them spending every summer together in the forest, just getting to, you know. It's so precious. Yeah. So innocent. Little things I didn't like. Oh. Uh, which doesn't, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it bad. I still think this is a really good short film. I loved, I loved the first 15 minutes and I loved the last 15 minutes. But that there was a 10 to 15 minute span in there where I felt like it was lacking a little bit of of depth in the middle. Just in the middle. Because the beginning concept was really cool. Is this uh, the middle section there where they're just spending time together and hanging out, getting to know each other? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I just, I would have loved... Um, Maybe this was just me. I would have loved a moment where there was some immediate danger and he was protecting her in such a way. I mean, that's just a classic style thing, but but it it's I mean, that's pretty normal to a lot of shows though. So it would have been kind of stereotypical for something like that to happen. But um I would have loved to see a little more something happen in the middle to help us see that relationship develop more. I don't know. That was just me. Um and it, that maybe what it came down to was the pacing in the middle was just weird to me. Um, but it's not bad. I'll put it that way. I think the I think it was intended the way it was. So I'm not saying it's, oh, this is poorly done. It was just different. I wasn't used to it. The pacing was very um, off meter in comparison to what I think we're normally used to. Um, and so I can't say if it's good or bad yet. Part of me wonders if this is also like a shoujo versus shonen kind of thing, because I eat that kind of stuff up. I I thought it was so delightful just to have a little montage of them spending time together. Since, since it is a short film and there isn't a whole lot of time to develop all that, it was just lovely seeing those snippets and being like, oh, friendship, oh, relationships, oh. But but I don't know. That's just me anyway. Well, I don't think it's trash. I was because I actually watched a lot of what you might classify as sojo shojo. Sorry, in style. Um, I went on this long binge of watching stuff like um, five centimeters per second, which is probably the, one of the saddest shojos you could ever watch. Um, you know, stuff like that. Where, but maybe what I'm getting at is this. I actually would have liked to, maybe this is what it is. I wanted more time of them getting to know each other. That's what I wanted. Um, 
that's what I wanted. And I just think it couldn't be done in its context because it's a short film. But I think if it had been an hour and a half film, it would have changed the movie for sure because it was nice and short and to the point. But I would have loved to see actually more of them getting to know each other, I think. It's funny that you bring that up because I'm pretty sure that was one of the critiques I saw as I was reading through reviews. A lot of people said that it would have been nice if it had been a full-length film simply because because of the nature of it being so short. A lot of this had to be a very surface-level uh, kind of storytelling, and it could have been so much more developed, like you were saying, had it been longer. But notice, if I can back up, that is probably the only critique that I have of this movie. So I don't want I don't want to say I wouldn't recommend it because I'll go back to saying I'll recommend it. It's good. And um, I, I think it avoids a lot of the weird stuff that anime can put in that turns a lot of people away. It has like it has its moments like all anime where it I'm blabbing a lot, aren't I? You need to take the reins here in a minute, Rachel. <laughs> no, nah, blab away, man. <laughs> so one of the things I have not enjoyed as much about in anime recently has actually been the amounts of overexpression that anime can have, where they try to do a lot of telling without a lot of showing. I enjoyed this one, had a little bit of that in the beginning, but then it did a lot of showing without telling, and I liked that. There were some moments where things were conveyed with almost no words at all, um, or no overexpression. The finest example of overtelling and not showing is the first two seasons of Bleach. I went back and saw some episodes recently, and not to make fun of Bleach, but it's the greatest example because it was the first anime I ever watched, and I didn't notice it until I came back to watch it, and it was like they would tell you everything without showing it to you. No, yeah, it's information overload. Yeah, it, it kills the mood a little bit. And I felt like this movie actually did a good job of, of showing us over telling us. Anyways, take the reins a little bit. Things you liked. Sure. Well, I, I love this film. And obviously, that's why I suggested it. It's one of my personal favorites. I really enjoy the concept of forbidden love. And it's such a stereotype. But especially in this story, I think it plays out so well. I especially love that the part that's forbidden about it is physical touch, because if you know anything about our culture these days, it, it seems like the goal in most romantic relationships is to be as physical as possible, as quickly as possible. And I, I'm sure this was not the goal of the creators, but it just seems like it asks the question, can you really fall in love with someone without being physical? And it answers the question for us. Yes. Yes, you can. And it's it's so delightful and innocent and lovely. And oh, I just, I love it. Okay. So I want to bounce, bounce. <laughs> I want to get away from our list of questions here for a second because I, I took notes while watching and I wanted to bounce a couple of thoughts off of you that I had while watching this. So here we go. Okay. One of my first thoughts, and we already talked about this, was the scenery was lovely. Yes? Yes? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. I thought it was so gorgeous. My other thought here was that the music was beautiful. I loved this soundtrack. Lovely. And there was one moment where it was, 
I think purposefully weird and not and not in, not to be in place. And do you know what part I'm talking about? The festival? The festival and even like around the festival and post festival, there were these cheery moments that were playing haunting music the whole time. Yes. It messed with me. Yeah, but it was creepy. Oh, okay. So random thoughts. Random thought number one. <laughs> um, so Hotaru is approached by a stranger in the forest wearing a creepy mask. And she, this little child, her first instinct is to run up and hug him. What child does that? Is that just a random note that you had where you're like, that could be a critique? I don't know if it's a critique. I just I just don't understand why Hotaru doesn't have a better san- sense of stranger danger. Like, what what child does that? Yeah, I think too. This is this is the one example I actually had of anime's weakness in overexpressing a childlike. So a child who's fearful in the woods and finds a human will probably yes feel safety with them over say a bear or something. <laughs> to give an awful example, it's me or the bear, kid. Right. But I think I think maybe what they were trying to express and what anime often does, and that's overexpress the fact that this girl found someone who thought, oh, they'll get me out of the woods safely. You know, oh, it's it's a it's it's a human. I'm not gonna get haunted by these spirits in the scary woods. You know, like stuff like that. Listen, all I'm saying, if I was alone in the woods and a guy showed up in a mask like that, I'd be like, <laughs> bye. Freaky, yeah, especially that mask. It's kind of creepy at first. It is. It becomes endearing, but it is super scary at first. All right, another random thought for you. Once again, disclaimer, I love this short film, but there is so much violence done to a child. I am pretty sure that she gets whacked in the head three or four times by Gein and her uncle. Yeah, it's twice because she tries to touch Gein, who's the spirit boy, where if he gets touched, he gets obliterated. She keeps trying to hug him, and eventually he whacks her in the head with a stick. Twice. And then and then, in that same day, she goes back to her uncle, who her uncle was looking for her, and he thought she got injured in the woods, and so she finally comes back at the end of the day, and then he hits her. Kind of anime style, you know, where everything is over-expressed, ex- where he punches her in the head, basically... Once again, I think this goes to show in anime, for some reason, the culture around anime is this kind of stuff happens. And if it was put in a real movie, it would be interpreted as someone flicking their ear. But in anime, it's we're going to punch you in the head. You know, have you ever noticed that? That's a good way of putting it. Maybe the reason it I noticed it and it bothered me more this time is because this is a more realistic-ish anime style-wise and so I was like, oh, we're smacking kids in the head here. <laughs> right, right. Listen, I was a teacher. I had concussion training. I'm like, don't do that to her head. She needs it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that goes to show that's just one of those little things in anime where it's like, if you don't know the anime culture, this won't make sense. But in anime, that's like, if you notice, even the way she talks to her uncle right afterwards... She's talking about, 
you know, like they're talking about how much they like spending time together, you know, and you realize, oh, this is this is that cartoonish overexpression coming out of kind of how that goes. And like I said, I think it's one of those things where if you watch, well, to give an example, if you watch Shonen, especially that that preteen Shonen shows like Bleach, great example again, everything is overexpressed. I still cringe, Daniel. I still cringe. Every time. I'm going to keep the cringe theme going. Okay, cringe number two or three, whatever it is. I feel like I just need to say that I was a teacher at one point, and uh, so there are some things that I, I see that I'm just like, ah, no! One of those things this time is that Gein noticed her becoming a woman when she was in fifth grade. I do realize that those physiological changes very well may be beginning to happen at that age. But I think, I'm not sure it was, I don't know. If I was one of the writers, I'd be like, do we want him commenting on her body when she is only in fifth grade? Is this a wise life choice? I'm sure they didn't mean to make it cringy. It just felt cringy to me. Yep, and I think, I think, once again... Because I, I was like, yeah, it's weird wording at the timing. And I, I couldn't tell. I think it was more of, and maybe I'm interpreting this wrong. I think in that case, if you notice, the way that he protects her when she's younger, because he does try to save her when she's falling out of the tree, when she's like very little. I, to my understanding, the way that I interpreted it, because at first I was like, that's weird. When he said, oh, you're, you're becoming a woman or whatever. I, I later thinking about it, saw that more as a fatherly type of i shouldn't say fatherly more of a protector type of i don't know yeah that's weird i don't know because he wanted to go to that festival with her for forever but he waited it's true yeah i don't know don't get me wrong i think it's an adorable story and i honestly don't think watching it play out none of it seems creepy uh, he treats her very respectful, and they're just buddies in the beginning. And then by the time she is an appropriate age, seemingly, they he asks her out on a date. And so, it's very cute. I just don't think a fifth grader should be receiving comments like that. Right. I Yeah, of course. Right. Maybe he meant it as an innocent, oh, you're growing up comment. Maybe that's all it was. I don't know. I'd have to go back. I've only ever watched it once, and I just watched it, so I'm trying to pull everything off the top of my brain here. I'd have to watch it again to see how to interpret that. Despite this, I love this film. When she's a child, her laughter is adorable. It is so contagious. I love how he protects her, you know, other than when he's bashing her head in with a stick. <laughs> or I guess he just was bashing it, I guess. Mm, I don't know. I love the moment in the film where um, Hotaru is being offered, she's at school and the young man offers to hold her hand and so they hold hands. But the whole time she doesn't think anything of it because all she can think about is how she wants to hold Gain's hand. Ugh. The kiss, the hug, all of it. I just, I love it. It's so sweet, it's so precious. It's just, I now have seen this several times, and I, I've noticed these little things that I'm like, oh, that could be misinterpreted as being a little on the creepy side. 
Wait, what part was creepy? I could just see how someone could watch this and maybe think, oh, he has a crush on a little girl. You know what I mean? I don't think that was the intention of the creators. And overall, I really don't think that's what's portrayed. And it definitely doesn't seem that way overall in any way, shape or form. I can just see how people could twist that and say that that's what's really going on. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I Like I said, I only had ever seen it once. I, I don't think that was the intention of the writer. No, I don't think so either. And it's a lovely story, and it's it's beautifully played out, and I think it works well. I could just see how someone could twist it just enough to be like, hmm, is that what's going on here? All right, I'm done blabbing. Did I lose you? You're, you're cutting out on me quite a bit. I'm getting like every other word. Hmm, I wonder if my internet died. Now you sound fine. That's weird. I'm not sure what's up. Okay, we're going to switch modes here, Daniel. Um, let's jump to the family friendliness meter. If some parents came to you and said, hey, my child, my teen, whoever is interested in watching this film, what are your thoughts on it? What would you tell them? Like convictions, I guess, on media use. But, I mean, there was like some spirits involved in it. Nothing of like a witchcraft variety. Um, but some might not necessarily like that. Yeah. And I think another aspect to bring up in that conversation is this does come from a completely different culture and uh, religious background than you and I might have. Uh, it comes from Japan, obviously, and one of their major religions is Shinto, which is the worship, which involves the worship of ancestors and spirits. So obviously that's going to be a huge part of a lot of their stories because of their background. And while we don't necessarily have to agree with that, we do need to acknowledge that that's a huge part of their culture. So it's going to come up in a lot of their stories, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I think that was the only thing I, I think I would just mention is is that would be the thing, the biggest thing that some people might be concerned about. Um, outside of that, I think is actually surprisingly one of the cleaner animes I've seen. I mean, there's no language to my understanding, at least not in the subbed version. Yeah, I would agree. I, I'm not even sure there's a dubbed version out there. At least I haven't been able to find one. Which I like subbed anyways, because it helps me remember what they say more because I'm reading it. But yeah, I would say that was just the biggest thing was just the helping your to understand the cultural things of Japan and that there are going to be some spirits mentioned and seen and talked about. So, but outside of that, I think it's it's overall really clean, which is good. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, there might be some child smacking, so you, you might want to, you know, encourage them not to smack children. <laughs> and maybe not to hug strangers in the woods. Uh. All right, Daniel, we are switching gears to our new segment According to the internet. This is where we get random thoughts, facts, myths, legends about this film or show. But it's all from, like, YouTube comments. So there's no way to know if it's true or not. Unless you do some actual research or something. But, like, pff, who wants to do that? Are you ready? Yeah. 
So I'm going to give you an interesting fact or theory and I want to get your reaction to this. This first one comes from Venus Versosa. This comment was written on under the trailer for this film and it says, spoiler alert, this film was written as a tribute to the author's friend who died of cancer. Uh... Well, first, we probably ought to let the audience know, for those who might have not seen the movie, actually let them know what happens in the movie, because I don't think we've told them what happens. Whoops, that's my bad. <laughs> All right, let's give a quick summary then. So, long story short, Hotaru is a young woman who is visiting her uncle over the summer. On one of her first visits, she gets lost in the woods. This is where she meets Gein. Gein is a young man who was left in the woods as a baby by his parents. He was adopted by the forest spirits and they put a spell on him. This spell allowed him to live forever. However, bodies held up by magic are very, very fragile. If he is ever touched by an actual human, he will disintegrate, disappear, die. So he and Hotaru become really good friends and they visit every summer. By the time Hotaru comes back as a freshman in high school, they fall in love, they get to go on their first date, and spoiler alert, uh, the date goes well, but it ends very poorly. Yeah, so in the end he ends up saving a child from falling, but he accidentally touches the child who ends up being a human, and he um, gets disintegrated right before her. It's really kind of a sad ending. Did that rip your heart out or what? Yeah, it was hard. That was a that was a good good hard ripping. But yeah, so to go back to the to this the the tribute idea that the author made this movie as a tribute to her friend who died of cancer. Yeah, I could see it. I mean you, you never know unless this the author comes out right forward and says it, but I think it, it fits really well. You know, the idea of not being able to be touched by a human or disappearing, I mean I'm just kind of trying to draw parallels, but if it's a really awful form of cancer, it's something that just can't be cured or changed, right? And that was kind of the stark reality that the girl was beginning to find out was that this cannot be changed. Um, that this was just how it always was going to be. And so she learned to live with that, right? Like every summer, she can't touch him. She can't touch him. So she knew she couldn't change it. So it was just kind of interesting. Yeah, I could really see it too. So our second comment comes from Angela. And she says... I need people to join me to build a portal to the anime world to find that little boy and let him trip off of a cliff. <laughs> I don't understand that. Just because he's the one who got him killed? Yeah, because he was the kid that just happened to touch Gein and make him <laughs> dissipate and die. The boy has to go. Yep. There were so many yep. comments that were like, the most hated boy in all of anime. <laughs> yep. Okay, this is our last YouTube comment, and I think it's my favorite one yet, because it points out a major loophole. And the comment is, drumroll please, when you realize Gein could have just worn gloves. Yep, that's the kind of stuff I don't like thinking about, because then it just ruins the movie for you. And that stuff always pops into my head. Like, why do you... Oh, yeah, why didn't he just do that? Especially when they know that the mask can be used. Like, she can touch the mask on his face and it doesn't bother. 
then you're like, oh yeah, I guess he could have just worn gloves and they could have held hands this whole time. But that's not the point of what was supposed to be conveyed. So, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's just, it's sad. I don't know, maybe his hands would get too sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) So those are all the comments I have for this film. But I definitely want to use this segment more often in the future because there are some wild things that happen in the comment section on YouTube. Daniel, did you have any other thoughts on this? Uh, just overall, I think it's, it's a worthy recommendation. Um, I know we spent a little time discussing the whole cringe factor. I really don't, I really don't think it's anything to, to like, the way that it's communicated by the end of the movie, I don't think it's anything to worry about with this anime. I don't think it was the, the creator's intentions. I think it was the intention of a, a friendly, young you know, boy who got saved by the forest finally has someone to talk to who's not a crazy spirit. And um, so he gets to know her, begins to feel feelings for her, but waits a long time, I think, realizing the importance of waiting for the appropriate time to convey those feelings. So I, I, I think it's... And when you put it in that light, it's so noble. It's so lovely. And maybe that's just it. There are definitely people out there who overthink it and look way too deep into this and find inappropriate things. But when you really see how he treats her and how he waits for her, how he treats her very appropriately. Yeah, there's never a moment where he's like looking at her in a weird way, which I think is really important to catch. He's not, he's not, you know, it's not the weird kind of messed up kind of um how else do i word it maybe this is the most straight way blunt way to word it he's not being whenever he he notices her and appreciates her he's not being a pedophile like he he's uh, he's protects her like a noble person should do and then whenever she's old enough to date he respects that and is very kind and cordial and then they go on a date and then he dies but that's you know i'm saying so like i think it's important to note it's important to note uh, he is not being, there's no lustful intent ever communicated, which I think is really important. Um, that's a huge thing. Like if there was a lustful intent ever communicated in this movie, I would not recommend it. I feel like this film would be a really good conversation starter for young men and how they should treat young women. Obviously there's the whole, you know, touch her and he dies thing, but like, honestly. Right. Just say the same things to your young kids. If you touch them, you die. I'm kidding, yeah. (laughs) This is just a random thought, but watching this film again, the story definitely hit me different this time. Um, In the past, I think I definitely saw it as more of a romantic thing, but now it it felt so much more like a story of friendship. Me too. I think it's far. I think it's far better as a friendship story. I think it. I think it was intended to be a friendship story that by the end turned to a romance. I think it was supposed to focus more on the friendship. That was the whole point of the no touch in my opinion. The reason I bring that up is because when Hotaru, not Hotaru, when Gin died in the end, it it just kind of hit me. It reminded me of a situation in my life. 
I, I had a friend named Patty. She was like a mentor in my life. She was an older lady who was super sweet and quirky and spunky and she was awesome. Uh, but we'd only really see each other over the summers because she taught at a summer camp nearby here. And um, it just watching this, it reminded me of my friendship with her because like that YouTube comment, um, the person that said, oh, this is probably a tribute to a friend of the writer who died of cancer. And um, that's that's what happened to my friend Patty. She died of cancer in 2017. And um, when Hotaru hugged Gein in the end and he was gone, it just, it hit me. Like, she goes back the next summer to the same town to visit her uncle. And I was just like, oh my gosh, the next time she goes there, she's going to go back to that forest. And it's not going to be the same. Just like when I went back to the camp where Patty taught at, it just, it just wasn't ever the same. Like, oh, this, this definitely hit me differently this time. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting parallel for sure. Really heart heartbreaking parallel. Um, and actually, to, to think about that ending, I actually liked the ending a lot because that's what I mentioned back in the beginning. And this might be a good place to close since we are approaching our deadline. Uh, I let's talk about the ending. I think it's the most important. We mentioned before, Gein and um, Hotaru are walking away from the Big Spirit Festival they just went to, which was their date, their one and only. They're walking back on a starry night, and um, they have their hands tied with a, I guess you could say like a almost like a ribbon slash cloth of some sort, like a long, thin linen and because they can't hold hands because he'll disappear but there are some boys the, the interesting thing is there's a parallel here between the festival because in the festival i had a panic moment because some boys some kids ran between the two <gasps> runs past them yes yeah in the festival they're standing around watching this display and these kids run between them and bump into both of them and um, they don't fall that time, but you have a panic moment, you know, of like, oh, no, you know, they're going to knock them over and they're going to touch. And then he's going to dissipate or whatever. Well, then they're walking back again. But this time they're walking away from the festival. And I think it actually looks like some of the same kids. But I don't know, because one of them was an actual boy runs by and trips and Gein catches the boy. And then he begins to slowly disappear. And one of the things that I, I thought was so interesting was as Gein is about to die, he's dying, dissipating into the air. It's kind of a slow glowing fade. He's actually happy because he gets to finally give Hotaru gets finally gets to give her a hug. And so she hugs him and then he dies and disappears. And then she's just hugging his robe and then she's crying in the end. And the neat thing is, the neat thing is, there isn't some like Disney, you know, thing that appears and brings him back. You know, I went to the end of the credits purposefully to see if there was any hint of him coming back and there was nothing. Right. Like, oh, there's got to be something here. Right. And there was nothing. And I was like, OK. And that was supposed to, I think, at least for me, communicate real loss. And for me, communicated the importance of enjoying the time you do have. 
you know, and I, that was that's what was communicated to me. Because with many other movies, they want you to always feel absolutely good in the end, and that everything settles just fine. But here, I think it was more of a challenge of like, wow, okay, like enjoy the time you do have because this, for them, you know, now, now summer is just a memory and it will never be the same, you know. So, just an interesting ending. I liked the ending. I think it's the strongest point of the movie. It's the odd yet beautiful combination of tragedy and joy. Because there's a tragedy in that he's dying. She will never see him again. And yet the joy in that they can finally hug for the first and last time. It's, it's both wonderful and heart-wrenching all at the same time. And maybe if I can put it this way, the ending is what you expect in the sense that you were expecting him to get touched at some point. I mean, you saw it from a mile away. They set you up. But what they don't set you up for is the fact that he never comes back and she never experiences any other part of his presence ever. It's not like, oh, I still hear his voice in the woods when I go out there in the summer. He's 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 gone, gone. And I think that's what they don't prepare you for is that he's just straight up gone. And I think that's the killer part of it. Cause like I said, everyone sees it coming. He's gonna, it's gonna happen to him, but they were not expecting, I think for him to be entirely gone when he disappears. Um, and I think that's what drives it home. Absolutely. Yeah, so good. <laughs> okay, Daniel, I don't know if this is even possible because I don't even know how I would respond, but if you had to rate this, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst film you've ever seen, 5 being average, not good, not bad, and 10 being a masterpiece, best thing ever. How would you rate this film? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm trying to think. And I don't even know if we should do ratings. No, I think we should rate with the understanding that we both have biases and have preferences with that in mind. I would say if we are going to put it in its category as a shoujo, um, I would rate it up. I would rate it as a, I would say a nine in the sojo realm. Wow. Because it communicates what a sojo is supposed to do. And that's, that's relationship. And it does that. And I think it fits that category well. But personal, my list like my personal list, how I would rate it in my level of enjoyment of it. I would put it more in the, and this is not me saying anything negative of it. You have to understand for me to give anything a 10, it has to meet a lot of standards to get like, Oh, cause I don't want to just hand out tens willy nilly. I would put this at the seven and a half. And I only say that because of the, I think the few critiques I have do cripple it in the middle of wanting that. I want to see more depth in the relationship, but that seven and a half is like, I'll put it this way. I think a good anime could still be a five because a five means it met the requirements of being an anime. Seven and a half means it's good. Seven and a half means good in my category. It's a good anime. Yeah, because I don't want to fault it because it's really good. But I can't put up a 10 because there's I want maybe maybe that is maybe that's what makes it so good is that I wanted more of it. Maybe that was the intent. 
was I wanted more depth. I wanted to see more. I don't know. That's where I would put it, though. I, I think there's just a little bit that I, I like like I said, there was like one or two things of of um, the pacing that I felt was off. And maybe I would need to watch it again. This is me rating it, by the way, an hour and a half after watching it. So that's that's really hard to do. But I think it could get the seven and a half or eight. I think it's good. For me, I I love it. And I think highly of this film. So I'm going to give it an 8.5 as my personal rating. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. I love it. I enjoy it. I could watch it all the time. <laughs> so 8.5 for me it is. Great. Uh, but Daniel, it is 1 a.m. We have hit our goal. It is 1. So... Where can you find us on the internet, Daniel? Well, uh, do we have a Facebook or Instagram yet? Will we when this episode goes out? Yeah, we have both. Both as ATA with Danny and Ray. Uh, you can also email us with your recommendations or thoughts at uh, ATA with Danny and Ray at gmail.com. No caps, no spaces. And um, that with is not a W dash. That is a W-I-T-H, by the way. Um and if I can throw this in here, because I think this is going to be good to have some cross-pollination happen here, um, I also do a Dungeons & Dragons podcast uh, called Dungeons & Dragons & Dudes, and uh, I'm hoping from that podcast realm that I can also suggest this podcast. So you're going to hear about that podcast here, and you're going to hear about this podcast over there. So uh, I'm just going to... And one of these days, he's going to have me on as a guest. Which the only hard part about that is I guess I did name that podcast Dungeons and Dragons and Dudes. So I have to see. Hey, in my book, everybody's a dude. That is true. But uh, so anyways, we're we're on the web. And uh, and so you can check out the ATA of Danny and Ray, Facebook, Instagram or email. Anyways, I think that's that's the main ways you can get a hold of us. We always want your recommendations because we're, you know, we like any kind of audience interaction for sure. Let us know. What should we watch next? Yeah, it's exciting. Well, we need to go because it's late and it's been real. It has been real. It's been fun. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for listening. And seriously, watch this movie, Forest of... Fireflies, Light of the Fireflies. Oh, goodness, I'm already forgetting the title. <laughs> well, it's an awesome movie. Check it out and... Catch you on the flip side. Well, we'll see you around. Bye. <laughs> Peace out. Hey, we just want to give a big shout out to a very important website, freepd.com. All of the music on FreePD uh, is completely public domain, free to use, no special permissions needed, and we didn't have to give them a shout out, but I definitely want to because their awesome music is a great addition to our podcast and we deeply appreciate them. So thank you everyone at freepd.com. Y'all are awesome.